Hey guys, welcome to the fourth episode of Corona Pod. In today's podcast, we'll discuss about three topics. One is rolling back the lockdowns, followed by how your cellular network data are helping fight COVID-19. The last one is are ventilators being overused? And before we jump into the first topic, let's give a big kudos to Twitter and Square CEO Jack Dorsey, who has pledged to donate as much as $1 billion to tackle the corona crisis and its fallout. Once the crisis is over, the remaining funds will go to girls' health and education and the push for universal basic income, which is being advocating since a long time. The donation comprises of his Square shares that uh, Dorsey represented around 28% of his wealth. Okay, let's get into the topic. Are we anywhere near the right time for even a partial rollback of our coronavirus lockdowns? Let's find out. China's war on megapolis, the outbreak's first epicenter, is finally relaxing its rules after a lockdown that lasted more than two months. As per today, outbound travel is allowed again at least for those who can show a green QR code on the phone screen that denotes good health. Later this month, certain European countries will also cautiously start lifting restrictions. For example, Zekia, one of the first European countries to impose measures, will from tomorrow allow some shops to resume their activities. And coming week, Austria will start reopening some shops and Denmark will reopen daycare centers and schools and Norway will follow Denmark's lead the week after. The big question is, are they right to do so? Those European countries' leaders are certainly trying to strike a note of cautious optimism as typified by Norwegian Prime Minister a statement that together we can control of the virus Therefore, we can open up society little by little. And the Danish Prime Minister also made a statement stating that a bit like walking the tightrope, if we stand still along the way, we could fall, and if we go too fast, it can go wrong. You mean go wrong? In this case, could mean a massive flare-ups of COVID-19. As a World Health Organization spokesperson put it, one of the most important parts is not to let go of the measures too early in order not to have a fallback again. It's similar to being sick yourself. If you get out of bed too early and get running too early, you're sick falling back and having complications. That's the statement made by the representative of WHO. But the scale of the lockdown's economic damage plus the indications from Italy that long lockdowns can lead to social unrest suddenly make cautions relaxation attempts worthwhile where the data indicates a window of opportunity and in the case of Wuhan a very potentially unreliable data makes the move somewhat questionable the rest of us can only watch and wait the results will of course take some weeks to manifest in some 
case statistics. Let's come down to second topic. How cellular location data is helping to curb the spread of the virus. It's clear that COVID-19 has become a significant threat to our health globally, prompting many governments to undertake draconian measures to contain the epidemic. Most governments are relying on travel restrictions, isolation and social distancing as the preeminent methods of stopping the spread of the virus. These well-tested containments date back to the Middle Ages or the, even earlier. The key reason why social distancing works so well is that it prevents infected people from coming into contact with non-infected people, which in turn stops the spread of the disease. Unfortunately, this method also stops non-infected people from interacting with other non-infected people often bringing organization and economies to a grinding halt. Non-infected people interacting with each other causes no spread of the virus, while still allowing firms to function even if at reduced level of output. Thus having these people interact with each other should be allowed, as doing so does not contribute to the spread of the virus. The big problem is, we do not know who is infected and who is not. This necessitates blanket bans, quarantines and closing of borders. Recession is often an outcome of such measures. Is there a way to figure out who is infected and who isn't? One way to do this would be to give tests to everyone and ask people to administer them and then ask those who test positive to self-quarantine. Unfortunately, this is currently not technologically feasible. At this time of emergency, we should try out a feasible solution to this problem. All we need is a cell phone data and some analytics. Let's see how it's gonna work. We start with a subset of people who we know tested positive. Using cell phone tower data, we can figure out where these infected people have been and how long they have stayed in each location. Epidemiologists tell us that transmission is most likely to occur between people who are within one meter of each other for 15 minutes or more. We know that infections can also happen because the virus can survive on surfaces and the analysis could incorporate these observations too but for simplicity's sake we leave it out of the analysis here. So we need to find who has been in the vicinity of these infected people for longer than 15 minutes. We can do this using the same cell phone tower data. This would immediately tell us which people are at a higher risk of being infected. We can then reach out to them and inform them about the situation and then have them tested and if they prove positive ask them to seek medical help and quarantine. We would then run the same analysis on the location history of these people to identify others who could be infected 
reach out to them test them and get them to self quarantine pretty quickly we could be able to isolate everyone who test positive of course this solution is not perfect as it would still not detect all infected people however it would definitely slow down the spread of the virus allowing us to focus our testing efforts on those who really need it give proper medication attention to them and contain the virus quickly at the same time those who test negative will be able to interact with each other and move on with the business as usual allowing us to continue with our economic activity and containing the economic crisis and to do that we need to act now before the virus spreads to incredible proportions at which point it will be too late for to focus on containment and all we can do then is just deal with the consequences and this approach will also test what we are willing to endure as we fight the virus together do we think it's better to impose massive isolation cost by not letting millions of people including those with no infections interact with others for 2 weeks or should we instead weigh our rights to privacy and have a state agency analyze histories of where we have been in the last 2 weeks given where we are right now i think we should give up our privacy to the government in better analyzing the our location data to curb the spread of the virus and here we come to the last topic for this podcast our ventilators are overused with ventilators running out doctors say the machines are overused for covid-19 even as hospitals and government raise the alarm about the shortage of ventilators some critical care physicians are questioning the widespread use of the breathing machines for covid-19 patients saying that the large number of patients could instead be treated with the less intensive respiratory support if this claim is right putting coronavirus patients on ventilators could be of little benefit to many and even harmful to some what's driving this reassessment is is a baffling observation about covid-19 many patients have blood oxygen levels so low that they should be dead but they are not grasping for air their hearts aren't racing the brain shows no sign of blinking of from lack of oxygen that is making some critical care physicians suspect that the blood levels of oxygen which for decades have been driven decisions about breathing support for patients with pneumonia and acute respiratory distress might be misleading them about how to care for those with covid-19 in particular more and more are concerned about the use of intubation and mechanical ventilators they argue that more patients could receive simpler non-invasive respiratory support such as the breathing mask used in the sleep apnea at least to start with and maybe for the duration of the illness and that would 
help relieve a shortage of ventilators so critical that states are scrambling to procure them and some hospitals are taking unprecedented and largely untested step of using a single ventilator for more than one patient and it would mean fewer covid-19 patients particularly elderly ones would be at risk of suffering a long-term cognitive and physical effects of sedation and intubation while being on a ventilator none of this means that ventilators are not necessary in the covid-19 crisis or that hospitals are wrong for fearing running out of ventilators but as doctors learn more about treating covid-19 and question old dogma about blood oxygen and the need for ventilators they might be able to substitute simpler and more widely available devices as oxygen saturation rate below 93% or where the normal is being between 95% to 100% when the oxygen saturation rate drops below 93% has long been taken as a sign of potential hypoxia and impending organ damage before covid-19 when the oxygen level dropped below this threshold physicians supported their patients breathing with the non-invasive devices such as continuous positive airway pressure and bi-level positive airway pressure ventilators both worked through tube into a face mask in severe pneumonia or acute respiratory distress is totally unrelated to covid-19 or if the non-invasive devices don't boost oxygen levels enough critical care doctors turn them to mechanical ventilators that push oxygen into the lungs at a preset rate and force the physician threads a 10-inch plastic tube down a patient's throat and into the lungs attaches it to the ventilator and administer heavy and long-lasting sedation to the patient can fight the sedation of being unable to breathe on his own but because in some patient with covid-19 blood oxygen levels fall to hardly ever seen levels into the 70s or even lower physicians are intubating them sooner data from china suggested that early intubation would keep covid-19 patients heart liver and kidneys from failing due to hypoxia The question is whether ICU physicians are moving patients to mechanical ventilators too quickly. Almost the entire decision tree is driven by oxygen saturation levels. That's not unreasonable. In patients who are on ventilators due to non-COVID-19 pneumonia or acute respiratory distress, a blood oxygen level in the 80s can mean impending death with no room to give invasive breathing support more time. to work physicians are using their experience with ventilators in those situations to guide their care for covid-19 patients the problem critical care physician face is that because united states physicians had never seen covid-19 before last month they are basing clinical decisions on conditions that may not be good guides as doctors learn more about the disease however both frontline experience and a few small studies are leading them to question how and how often 
mechanical ventilators are used for covid-19 and here we come to the end of this podcast thank you so much for listening stay home stay safe